Ultimate Spin. My name is Jack. I am one of your hosts. This is the one and only Spider-Man podcast specifically for fans of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen. My name's Kyle and in this episode we'll delve into the crossover that seems to have been specifically made just for this podcast as Miles and Gwen meet for the first time in Spider-Man 12. This is Brian. You can always visit us at ultimatespinpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the podcast, find show notes, catch up with older episodes and connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Our show is by fans and for fans, meaning that we enjoy hearing what you think of these characters and their stories. So don't be shy, drop us a line, and join the conversation. So gentlemen, here we are. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Kyle, welcome back. How's 2017 been treating you so far? 2017, um, 2017, you know, another year for me to be awesome, I guess. Dominate the world with my awesomeness. But, you know, sad, isn't it? The gift that keeps on giving, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, as you, as you alluded to, Kyle, I feel like this is the year of the ultimate spin because we have the crossover we've all been waiting for. Never saw this coming in a million years. Oh, yeah, so weird. Started this as a Miles podcast because he's, at the time, doing his own thing in his own separate universe. And then Gwen showed up and doing her own thing in her own universe. Didn't know that that book was going to blow up the way it did. And then certainly didn't know Miles was going to be brought over into the main Marvel universe and never saw anything like this happening, even though it was a pretty kind of popular fan shipping type of thing. Marvel listened to Tumblr. Yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> we are the Tumblr of podcasts, apparently. Oh, God. Because I, I still remember when, Ryan, when you pitched the idea of going, hey, let's um, let's start talking about Spider-Gwen. This was, um, I think it was not long after that gem, that classic that was All New Ultimates got cancelled. Mm. So we needed something to fill the gap at that point. And, you know, it's not turned out too badly so far. But it's interesting. We just wrapped up this crossover thing with Civil War II and jumping right into another one. So to borrow a line from Genki, how does it go from Miles' dad missing to him making out with Spider-Woman? <laughs> I saw we posted that on Twitter a few days ago and everyone was just like, oh my God, they're actually saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to talking of the details, as always on the show, we, we do a little recap for everybody. And Kyle, since you're making your triumphant return, why don't you kick us off with a little recap for Spider-Man number 12? So with Jefferson missing now, Miles realises that he's pretty much the superhero, so it's his job to go and find his father, only to be interrupted by Maria Hill, informing him that his dad has not only rejoined S.H.I.E.L.D., but is now she is the reason why he has gone missing. We eventually end up with Miles into Earth-65, fighting a villain of that universe and finally meeting Spider-Gwen herself. Speaking of the villain, I'm just going to jump straight to that. I was not expecting Ringer to just show up out of nowhere. Ringer, that is a that is a deep cut. That is a super deep cut. And I love that Miles is like, what is going on? Oh my God. Oh wait, that is that? Oh, it's Ringer. Okay. <laughs> he kind of like works out as almost as the reader works out as well, which I kind of love. They're doing quite a lot of that at the moment with this, very much having the reader's thoughts conveyed in the characters. Like I mentioned earlier on with Ganky, how the hell did you go from searching for your dad to 
making out with Spider Gwen, and now we have oh, that's the Ringer, right? Okay, they're having like very meta conversations with the characters now. I, I like that they're kind of addressing the weirdness. I love seeing Bendis kind of embrace the whole Earth sixty five thing in that regard. Like the, the it's the Ringer of Earth sixty five is the complete opposite in every conceivable way, certainly physically. But in the original series, uh, he was also pretty inept <laughs> once uh, Spider-Man showed up. Because it's a weird power just kind of shooting these hoops all over the place. So it was, it was fun because definitely on the visual side, there were some cool things happening with that transition between realities. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah and I think that really came through for me with the colors to see, see the switch to the more kind of hyper pinks and purples of uh, Earth-65. And once again... Miles says it out loud. It's like everything's kind of pink and blue for some reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when Spider Man itself happened, generally that universe, the main 616 and 1610 basically look the same. Mm. You wouldn't be receiving any abuse for getting them confused if you just opened up a book and said, oh, that's that universe. But here, when you've got one that has had that um, palette for this long, and this is one of the distinctive notes that you, when you think of. Spider-Gwen, this is kind of what the art style kind of looks, and obviously Sarah Pichella can't do Robbie Rodriguez's style, but when, but but you sometimes you don't need that, you can just have the actual colour, the colourist do that part of the heavy lifting to give that atmosphere that it's still this, it's still the same universe that we've only really seen Robbie draw. I think that definitely came through that shot where miles is sort of entering the scene he's observing the whole interaction with the ringer he's sitting on top of the chinese restaurant there's that dumpling sign and the way it's just white and the way it's framed with the surrounding colors there's almost Mm -hmm. a glare coming off of that page it's a very cool effect then when he bounces off of the uh, the taxi cab too there's the white sort of light glaring off the taxi sign so yeah it's it's very aggressive almost it's intense and it's it's a big shift for this book and i i'm trying to think i don't know other than the spider women crossover have has earth 65 really shown up in other titles or is this a first as far as i know yeah she wasn't going part of um what was that team up with the spider book i didn't read more than the first issue so i don't know if they ever like showed any of part of 65 in that oh well she's in the they're doing the clone conspiracy right now is that what's going on? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I, amazing, regular amazing Spider-Man. I don't care. So you're, you're giving me information that I wasn't aware of. While we're talking about the art, I also want to point out some images I found really interesting. That shot of Maria Hill arriving to speak with Miles where she's descending from the ship like an angel. Yeah. What a, what a strange image. Like You could almost hear the choir singing behind her. Do we know Maria Hill could literally fly? Like, I, I, I guess she can because she has all. She's the te- got rocket boots on. Has all the technology in the world? Yeah, I assume it's rocket boots. But with like the concert lighting and the, it's like Beyonce just <laughs> descending <laughs> with the hands stretched out. She's like you said, she's literally like this angelic figure. Like, come with me, Miles, if you want to save your father. Like, you'd imagine some kind of weird ethereal voice echoing out across the spotlights. Is this now a thing that happens to Miles where women come out of the sky basically doing the same pose? Because this happened with <laughs> Captain Marvel as well. Right. Carol did the exact same thing. Exactly. God, you, I think you've you've struck on a new theme we're going to be seeing in Miles' life, just angelic women descending from the heavens. 
we'll have to keep an eye out for that if that keeps happening. <laughs> it, it was interesting to see Maria back and interacting with Miles because they've had a connection before, certainly in the last series when Peter and the Goblin were back and uh, Miles had been injured and she was helping him out. And then even in the original series where she was a, a detective, like she was a police detective and kind of putting two and two together about who the new Spider-Man is and she figures it out. But now there's this different dynamic because she's working with Jefferson, who is who is MIA. Are you guys invested in that mystery at all? To be honest, I'm not that bothered about Jefferson not being around right now. Him lying to his wife and obviously to Miles about having joined, rejoined S.H.I.E.L.D. Is it more interesting than, oh, he's just off-world? I don't know why, at this point, him just saying that he's off, he's not on that universe. is like, okay, whatever, just go find him. I'm just like, just wait, but I'm pretty much in the motion of how the story's going to go along. So they're going to have to, he's gone missing, they're going to find him. We're going to find out who took him. They're going to punch him and then it's going to end. You may as well not read superhero comics at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it's that. That's no, every, but it's every like, superhero point, comic ever. It, yeah, but I'm not, at this point, I'm not, okay, Jefferson's missing, okay, fine, whatever. I'm sure they'll give us more reason that, or what is the super, what, why, who took him, or whatever like that, at another point. But at this stage, it's like, okay, Jefferson's missing. Let's now move on to why, why is, who took him. Yeah, we haven't even got a, a villain for this sitting in a tree crossover at all. So I'm intrigued to see if we do get a specific kind of person or if it is just Jefferson's gone and done something himself and got himself trapped or lost or something like that. I like that they ended last issue with like, and Jefferson's gone missing. Next up, Spider-Gwen. Like, really? Are they are they even connected at all? And turns out they are. And I'm, I'm pleased by that, that they managed to tie it back into the main storyline that's going on. And like I've said before, and, and, and Brian, you said earlier, like that, the Jefferson being missing and, and Kyle, like you said, Jefferson lying to Rio and all that whole thing. That's what I'm most invested in. It's Miles's support characters and his family and things like that. They're the characters I really, really care about in this series. And because there's a moment when Miles is telling them oh, that his, the dad, his dad had joined, rejoined Shield. I don't remember why did he leave originally. Was it that? Oh, I just don't trust Shield. I'm out. I don't want any more of this because because I, I can't t- quite tell whether he's angry because of the reasons why he left Shield in the first place, or just because he kept it a secret that he rejoined Shield. And this is where it kind of gets muddled with this whole relaunch eight months later post Secret Wars because in the previous series he had pretty much done one mission for them and it just freaked him out too much and he was out. Mm-hmm. And so this one, I don't know if it was spelled out as such. I mean, you could maybe infer it was because he got married and started a family. I I don't know. One of the things I was really interested to see, not just the artistic styles of the two books sort of intersecting, but also the writing styles. Because when we started covering the Miles book, I mean, Bendis, as we all know, has a generally a slower, the shorthand is decompressed style with his writing, really taking his time. So you have the internal monologues and the stretched out dialogue. Maybe this issue has it with the whole no-yes exchange. (laughs) But that's one of the many things that drew me to the series in the first place, just really getting to sort of immerse yourself in the in the story. And then when Gwen showed up, Jason Latour's writing style, it's a lot more frenetic. It's mm. it just moves at a more 
it just it just moves at a faster pace. And so to see how these two are going to overlap, that's what I'm really curious about. There was a recent interview where Bendis said, you know, the whole lead up to this crossover, the covers were coming out and they were designed to be intentionally provocative. There's one coming up. It's a homage to the Romita Amazing Spider-Man wedding cover where Miles and Gwen are are married and swinging off with a very familiar looking uh, logo behind them. <laughs> to start the issue like this, just get right to it. They're just kissing and it's not even like a friendly peck. They're full on going at it. That's an interesting way to kind of kickstart the story, like to just grab you that way and then to flip it around and kind of have this drawn out flashback. I'm curious to see how Latour is going to balance that out. Do you think this issue works as a as a good setup for the crossover? Like if you weren't kind of, I know it's difficult to kind of disassociate yourself with these books and the build up and the hype, but even if you weren't so entrenched in it like we are, on this podcast, do you think you'd be intrigued by this setup? Personally, I think it's a it does a good job at introducing the Miles section of it into the story. So, if, say you only read Gwen and you don't really know what's going on with Miles, them just starting off with saying that Miles' dad is missing. There's nothing really there that's any sort of wild information that there's no real reason you wouldn't know. How issue two will will go when we obviously dealing with Latour then probably writing more miles because obviously Gwen doesn't appear until the very last, the very last page. Well, and yeah. the very first one too. And that's going to be more... <laughs> <laughs> if you miss that, I... <laughs> quite the entrance and quite the exit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Where it's all focused on the one of the characters here. Mm. and it's all solely yeah. based on what's happening to them so Bendis has only had to worry about setting up Miles This the harder job might be introducing Miles into Gwen's book for people that don't know Gwen at all and then trying to juggle the Gwen and the Miles stuff well it's a, it's a six part series right so then mm. I think our next issue is like how did it's Gwen side how did she get here but just yeah, going back exactly. to this, like overall, if the strength of this issue on its own, I think it's it's fantastic because, like you were saying, it it sets up the sort of background plot that sets up the the problem that he's got to face, and then Bendis conversations and beautiful artwork, and you do get an action sequence in this issue, and it's there's it's funny and ridiculous, and I I liked how the sound effects were kind of popping out in this series, which is a very Spider Gwen yep. thing to yep, do. Like yep. when he gets, you know, there's the crash and the, you know, and just kind of the crazy lettering for that. I really enjoyed that. So there's that cool stylistic handover and it's, it's pretty tight. I, I am not sure what more you could ask for, for, from a setup. I'm glad you mentioned the lettering there, Brian, cause I'm, I'm imagining the Spider-Man team being like, yes, we get to go crazy and have crazy art and stuff because especially with things tying into Civil War and stuff, everything's a bit more kind of, I don't want to use the word mainstream in a negative context, but more kind of conservative and more, like you said, that traditional style of comic books and here is a character, two superheroes having a conflict and they discuss and then they punch each other. Whereas Gwen is way more like something being published by something like Image or Dark Horse or something like that. It's got a really dynamic, unique style to it. It's got crazy lettering and hyper-visual 
like like you said, Brian with the lights, these like glaring lights and neon blues and pinks and stuff like that. It doesn't look like any other Marvel book. And the fact that I bet Pacelli, Ponza, and those guys had so much fun being like, oh my god, we get to do crazy lettering and just get pinks everywhere. This is going to be so much fun. And I, I, I wonder if um, Robbie's going to have the same sort of fun and, and, and Rico are going to have the same sort of fun getting Miles and seeing Miles' suit, because I absolutely love Miles' suit for the record. Um, seeing that in Robbie's style and how kind of exaggerated and stylized it's going to be in in their book as well i think that's that's the nail on the head right there because the cynical side of me would say oh this is just you know some marketing crossover nonsense like like you were joking earlier like oh this is to satisfy tumblr fans let's just do it <laughs> just to just to do it and then it's when you're us it's all right for us. uh yeah um but then when when i opened the issue and started going through it's like there is a lot of thought and care that mm. clearly went into every single page and, and every line. I, I would hope that just continues through the, through the series and, and um, this will be something special at the end of the day, instead of just a cheap kind of cash in. Mm, totally. I feel the same way. I've been old. I'm the, I don't read events guy, <laughs> but the crossovers I can deal with like crossovers like this. I think I look forward to them when it's just character and character. And it's obviously the bleeding shows about these two. I have to be optimistic about it. <laughs> this is ultimate spin, the comic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it is. Oh, I'm going to hate on my own product. Basically. I certainly feel like we as, as podcasters and reviewers, we try and bring a, a certain level of objectivity of if this wasn't a good first issue of this crossover we would say so like it's not that we're blinded by gwen and miles <laughs> hanging out together and be like squee this is a legitimately great uh, uh, spoilers for kind of my three-word summary this this is the best issue of spider-man in a while for me because oh civil war 2 that's the last time i'm saying it out loud i'm sorry but this is this is the miles I care about. Having Gwen in there is icing on the cake, and I feel the other way about the other series in that I love Gwen, and having Miles in there is icing on the cake, and I'm I'm ready to eat that cake right now. So I'm on board, and I feel like I'm able to not be a fanboy about it. And this is I look at it critically, and this is genuinely a great setup and first issue. Like like you said, Brian, this is about as good as it gets for a transporting to another dimension setup for a crossover kind of issue. Uh, I just <laughs> just listening to say that, and I'm I'm smiling. That image of Miles looking at the portal that Sarah and Justin put together, where he's smiling underneath the mask, that sums up my yeah. reaction to this book. Just like, yeah, <laughs> things are are burning bright. It's looking great. Let's do this. I basically just want to talk about that splash page more when he erupts in a ball of lightning into the new. It, it reminded me of like so many. Almost like, um, I don't know, it felt kind of 80s, like very, almost like the Mortal Kombat movie when Raiden, I'm, I'm sure you're going to cut this out, Brian, but when the Mortal Kombat movie, when Raiden appears in the alleyway in this like bolt of lightning. Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking of the Terminator. Oh, yeah. I was like, you're going to choose Mortal Kombat. I've been referencing <laughs> this, just so you, you can you understand the, the age, age, age difference here. <laughs> The Mortal Kombat movie, no, that's not. Mortal Kombat, yeah. the games, that's a perfectly fine pop culture reference. Yeah. Referencing the film the is, <laughs> should be illegal. 
and I'm that's sorry. that's incredible. Wow. I yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> feel free to cut that out. No, I don't even know. No, what no, to no, do no. We we'll keep the shame. <laughs> no, keeping the shame. Like wow, <laughs> Jack with the deep cut reference. Yeah, like that's yeah. going way back. Yeah. Oh, really? Because it reminded me of the old uh, title sequence uh, way back when uh, Matt Smith was uh, Doctor Who. I don't know if you remember oh, that, but that's going. I, I know that's going that. way back, but that's before my time. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of giving ratings on this show, we end up doing a three-word summary. It can be a cohesive sentence, or it can be three words that sum up our feelings in general, and. Uh, Brian, why don't you kick us off? Three words to sum up Spider-Man number 12 for me. Oh, um, it's pretty easy. I'll just say, what I wanted. <laughs> nice, nice. Kyle, how about you? Great first issue. Hey, there we go. And I'm going to steal a quote from Stephen Colbert. Give me more. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think this is the most positive Mars issue for us in a long time, I think across the board and like you said brian i hope this quality continues throughout the crossover we've got high hopes don't let us down marvel (laughs) feels good yeah so that is our take on this uh first issue of their uh ultimate spin crossover um but we'd love to hear from you and what you guys thought of it let us know you can drop us a line on twitter at the ultimate spin or post on our facebook page at ultimate spin podcast you can always have, head over to our website at ultimatespinpodcast.com and click on the talk to us button if you want to send us a longer note. We'd love to hear from you and we'll share your feedback on the show. Uh, before we go, um, you may have noticed that we have a cool new logo. Um, and I just want to give a special thanks to our good friend, Diana, for putting that together for us. She's a fantastic graphic designer and was very generous in putting up with uh, my notes and everything going back and forth. And we came up with this cool uh, heart variant on the original logo that Noor had done for us, uh, only that to then see the uh, upcoming Spider-Man cover where they basically did the same thing, just inverted. You should have gotten it straight a lot sooner. Yeah, so I, I just, like, we had started it, like, having no idea that was coming up, but whatever. I mean, we had, we were doing that yin-yang kind of pattern first anyway, so. But <laughs> we got to it first, Mark. We got to it first. Um, <laughs> Ign- ignoring the, the fact that we're using your intellectual property for a logo, but don't but, worry about but, that. But whatever. But but Diana, a uh, huge thanks to, to her again for, for that. Absolutely. I love the new logo. I'm, I'm so love on board it. for it. Love it. Great job. Better than anything that I could ever do. True. <laughs> I could have told you that. If you want uh, to read more about this, you can find a review for this book, which should be coming up soon, over at our friend SuperiorSpiderTalk.com, which is also home to the Amazing Spider Talk podcast, where they just did a, a special uh, episode on the death of Spider-Man, which is the conclusion of the original Ultimate Spider-Man series. Uh, really great conversation. Highly recommend uh, checking that out. And it's also home to our podcast as well. Guys, where can we find you online? If the people need more Jack and more Kyle... Oh, I feel sorry for them if they want any more me. Well, me too. There's enough of me out there already on this show and on various other podcasts, unfortunately. Um, I do host the Intercomics podcast. It's a twice per month um, general comics chat. Um, We do. We've just released an extra episode. We have extra episodes available for people who support us on Patreon. Um, We just did one all about The Crew, which is a... Marvel series, a seven-issue series from 2003, 
um, about a team of kind of B-list, C-list heroes who kind of end up hanging out together. And it was kind of leading up to something, but unfortunately got cancelled. We talk all about those issues. Um, we'll have another episode out next week as well. And you can find that all at intercomicspodcast.com. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter for whatever reason and and complain about me being on too many podcasts, I'm at JLW Chambers on Twitter. Kyle, how about you? You can, of course, find me on the Twitter. And, this, you know, all I'm doing now is, especially over the next couple of days, is talking about wrestling and football. So, you know, who doesn't need more of that in their life? As for me, um, my Twitter, Instagram, other podcasts, and all kinds of random stuff is at uh, my hub site at project37.net. That's it for us for now. But coming up, who was that masked woman? We'll find out more about Miles's future wife or girlfriend or something <laughs> next time when we discuss Spider-Gwen number 16. We'll catch you soon for the ultimate spin. As always on the show, we we do a little recap for everybody. And Kyle, since you're making your triumphant return, why don't you kick us off with a little recap for Spider-Man number 12? So, Spider-Man 12. Finally, civil. we're long since Civil War's ending and with Miles' father, Jefferson, missing, it's only right that Miles is the one that actually goes to search for him. After receiving a phone call from his mother, he's... Also, uh, balls, 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 balls. This is That was Gold balls? No, it did What? Right. No, why would I write anything down? I want them to have the Kyle experience. Why would I not want to... The Kyle experience, quote, unquote, balls, 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 balls. Shut up. I put the things in the wrong order. I should have started with the phone call and interrupted by Maria Hill. I, I, I realise this. Look, it's a learning process. One day, one of these days, I'll get it right first time. And, you know, I, you can all go to hell. This is the third year of doing this? How long have we been doing this? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We've not been doing this recap for three years. Shut up. Ugh.